Good morning. Good to see. I'm looking out and catching glimpses of familiar faces, and it's making me smile. Good, good to see everybody. Um, I lead a ministry called EBOC, and um, I'm going to explain kind of what we do. Uh, when we were here before, we were involved in uh, what we just call the Bible Institutes, or the Bible Institute ministry. didn't really have a name at the time. We do have a name now, Institutos Biblicos de las Americas y el Caribe, Bible Institutes of the Americas and the Caribbean. And what we do is we mobilize kingdom resources to equip kingdom leaders. Now, those kingdom resources are any number of things. We mobilize churches. We mobilize individuals. Uh, you'll see some of the Latino leaders that we mobilize. We mobilize money. We mobilize all kinds of things with the specific objective of equipping kingdom leaders. Most, um, most of our focus is on Latin America, but you'll see we have uh, an extended uh, focus that goes actually beyond uh, Latin America. And we do that through a program of mobile modular theological education. Um, sounds kind of like a mouthful, but it's, it's really a pretty simple concept. It's, it's modular in the sense that we teach over the course of seven to eight years, 15 courses. Most Latin American pastors do not have the opportunity to receive uh, any kind of biblical or theological training. Something that we kind of take for granted uh, here in the States. Uh, when Ken and I were deciding uh, where to get trained and where to go to seminary, the, the question was not whether or not we could go to seminary. The question was, which seminary? Was it going to be over here? Was it going to be over here or over there? That's not the reality that Latin American uh, pastors and church leaders live with. Greater than 90% of them don't have any kind of training whatsoever, whether it's formal or informal. So you can imagine what that does to the churches. When your pastor is not trained, you can imagine the chaos and the syncretism and all kinds of other things that creep into a church when the pastors and the leaders are not trained. So what we try to do is we try to bring theological education to them. So we mobilize churches and individuals in order to bring this kind of biblical and theological training to them. Now, we left here in 2009, and I'm going to report on some of the things that God has done since 2009. Now, one of the things that God has done is that we've had a pretty significant increase in, in our ministry footprint, in, in the growth of our ministry, and you'll see that uh, in just a few minutes. But as a result of the growth of the ministry, we've had to increase our um, organizational structure in order to keep up with what God has been doing. Uh, so in 2020, EBOC actually organized uh, itself, or we got organized or recognized as our own 501c3 nonprofit organization, so that we're able to do a lot of things that we couldn't do otherwise. Uh, now, as a result of that, we've had to expand our structure. We've got to do all kinds of legal things now. We have to have a corporate board and all of that. So we, we've grown our staff and our, our, our board. Uh, so here, here are the people or the individuals that are uh, on our staff and our board. Uh, this is Jay Groders, who is our Director of Operations and Partnership Development. 
uh, they, and his Amy, uh, his, his Amy wife, his wife Amy, um, they live in Costa Rica. She is the director of, of finances for us. They live in Costa Rica six months out of the year, and six months out of the year, they live here in the United States in a travel home. And they travel all around, literally from California to the, to the East Coast, visiting our ministry partners, churches and other individuals, raising up new partners. Uh, and that's, gosh, they have been a blessing you guys cannot imagine. Uh, this is Cairo Farinas, um, who you guys know. He's one of your supported missionaries. You've worked with Cairo for, for years. Uh, started working with Cairo in 2004, I think, when uh, you guys, when you guys, when we started uh, a Bible institute in uh, Huigalpa and, and subsequently Rivas. Uh, so Cairo has been a part of the, the life of Fellowship Bible Church for years. You've invested a lot of uh, a lot of efforts into Cairo. You brought him here. I know he's been here to the church to speak. You've uh, helped him along the way in in in, uh, in in many ways. And now Cairo is actually on our staff full time, and Cairo is actually on our board as well, our corporate board. So you guys have had a significant impact on the life of Cairo Farinius. We have five country coordinators now that organize all of the Bible institutes across the, across the globe. And Cairo, he doesn't know this yet, but Cairo is fixing to be our uh, coordinator of coordinators. He's going to be the, the guy that coordinates all the coordinators. So he, he's really grown as a leader. And uh, thank you for your investment in, in Cairo because you've really grown him. Uh, this is Michael Vargas. He is also full-time on our staff now. He's from Costa Rica. He started out as one of the students in one of our Bible institutes, and we discerned in him a significant teaching gift, and now Michael is, you'll, you'll see him a little bit more in the presentation, but now Michael is on our staff. He coordinates Bible institutes in Panama, Costa Rica, and Guatemala. So it's just been great that God has given us these Latinos that we've been able to invest in, and now they're actually part of our leadership structure. This is Dave Zeal, uh, who is on our staff. He's a missionary with Reach Global. Uh, when I was the city team leader uh, for Reach Global in San Jose, Costa Rica, Dave was a part of that team, and now he's a part of uh, EBOC staff. This is Jerry Vickers and Shannon Neal, who are also a part of our uh, corporate board. So I mentioned that uh, we kind of had some things going uh, a little bit in 2009 when we left here, um, and this is what the map looked like in 2009. Uh, we had four Bible or five five Bible institutes in two countries. We had four in Nicaragua, two of which Fellowship Bible Church was involved with, Huigalpa and Rivas. And then we had Chinandega and Ocotal, and then we had one here in Algarobo, Panama. And I remember a conversation with Tommy Walker when he said, and we were in the process of transitioning to a different ministry, he said, Jim, the only way I'm going to be comfortable with you leaving here is if you do something with the Bible Institutes. I'm not going to be comfortable if you just go pastor a church somewhere else. You've got to do something with the Bible Institutes. So I want to show you this morning what God has done with the Bible Institutes since we left. Uh, so this was, uh, this was our 
map in 2009. Uh, we were the Bible Institutes of Central America, IBAC, Institutos Biblicos de América Central. So that's what it looked like because that's, that's where we were, Central America. Um, that's no longer the reality of where we are. This, this is the reality of, of where we are now. Uh, we're not just five Bible institutes in two countries. We're 25 Bible institutes in 12 countries. And God has, so where we were right here, you know, God has expanded that. We've had to change the map. We've had to change our name uh, from Bible Institutes of Central America to Bible Institutes of the Americas and the Caribbean because we're in North America, Central America, and South America now, and we're in Africa, which came after we changed the name to this, and now, doggone it, we got to change the name again. But I want to keep EBOC. I don't want to change the letters. It's too much work. So what do you guys think? EBOC? Just add an A? For Africa, does that, that work? Sounds goofy, but less work. Uh, and you'll see, we're not only in Sierra Leone, Africa. When I show you the potential locations, uh, we have um, other places in Africa as well. So that's kind of our footprint now, and God continues to expand and grow that. I'm going to show you just a few pictures. This is by no means exhaustive just uh, representative of some of the places uh, where we are. Um, so upper left here, this is uh, our, our group in Panama City. Uh, this is a group of indigenous people uh, called the Kuna Indians. They live on a reservation that they've been granted by the Panamanian government. It's a group of islands just kind of off the mainland there. Uh, and that is, uh, that's probably three years ago that we were with uh, that group. Uh, really fun group of people. Really, really, really fun. This is uh, Guayara Marin. Uh, say that fast three times. Guayara Marin. That's not rhetorical. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Guayara Marin. When we were headed there for the first time to do uh, the first Bible Institute, I just sat in the back of the van and just went, Guayaramarin, 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 to try to get it out right. Uh, but this is in Bolivia, uh, and uh, th this has just been a tremendous group of people to work with. Uh, we were just there. Uh, I wasn't there personally, but our team that was there uh, sent a picture back of a guy that had traveled 17 hours in order to attend this Bible Institute. So that's the kind of thing that encourages you a little bit to know that people are traveling 17 hours in order to participate in, in Bible training. This is uh, <clears throat> Masatepe, Nicaragua. Um, this is Josue Brenes, who is a Costa Rican pastor. Uh, one of the most gifted individuals I think I've ever, ever been around. Uh, phenomenally uh, intelligent, well-equipped uh, Costa Rican pastor, uh, and, and like I said, just one of the most gifted natural teachers uh, that, I've, that I've ever seen. Uh, he was just in Puerto Cabezas, which is the Bible Institute that you guys uh, have adopted. Uh, Josue was there along with uh, Jaime Hidalgo and Freddy, Sol uh, uh, Freddy Salinas uh, doing the Bible Institute uh, in uh, Puerto Cabezas. 
This top left is Irapuato, Mexico, which we just started in August. Uh, the fun thing about that picture is when we went to Irapuato uh, in order to uh, begin that Bible Institute, our expectation was that we were going to have 80 students. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but that's more than 80 people there. <laughs> we were expecting 80 and more than 200 showed up which has pretty significant uh, implications for what we have to do there to accommodate all the people. Uh, some pretty rapid stuff that has to happen in order to go from preparing food for 80 people to over 200 people, budget implications for the adopting church. Um, so, but God just continues to bless us uh, in, in enormous ways. I'm really looking forward to going back there in December uh, to teach course number two. Uh, down here, this is, uh, you can see they're all ladies. This is in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. It was our first opportunity to do a conference just for women. And uh, that was just loads and loads of fun. Uh, here is Melanie here in the background from Huntsville, Alabama. There's Diane Singer, Allison Singer, and Shannon Neal. And it was great uh, teaching that group of women. I was the only guy on the team. Now, let, let me tell you guys, if you have an opportunity, this is something I, I just picked up. Just, you might want to write this down. This is important. If you have the opportunity to choose between traveling with four or five guys or traveling with four or five women and staying in the same like location, always go with the women. The food's better. Your habitation smells better. Things get picked up. Always choose the women. Nobody's writing that down. Guys, write that down. Choose the women. Uh, but that was just a, a, a great, great uh, trip uh, to teach this group of ladies. This is uh, in Panama working with uh, a group of uh, indigenous Indians called the Nobe. You can see they're in their traditional dress. And this is Michael Vargas, who's on our staff, uh, teaching there. Um, and and this, this picture, uh, when I have an opportunity to, to give a presentation on what we do, I always include this picture, and, and usually just that picture, and, but I had the chance to kind of slide that one in here. I, I just call this Julia Smile. These people are very marginalized. They're poor they, people in, in, in Panama just kind of look down on them, and, and, and because of that, they're not very assertive people, they're not very confident people, they're pretty shy, they're pretty retiring. Very seldom do they really make eye contact with you. We taught our Church of Christ course, uh, and on the first day, uh, we taught this lesson here, which you can see, which is a graphic, and it's got about 24 data points on it that just defines the life of Christ. And um, after we taught the, the, the lesson the first day, on the second day, I just got up and said, was there anyone here that thinks they can reproduce the life of Christ chart? And Julia just kind of shyly has raised her hand. And so she comes up to the board, and there she is drawing the graph and thinking about the the data points, and then she finished it and turned around and smiled. 
And I'm telling you, for a teacher, you live for those moments when somebody just gets it. And she was so proud of herself that she had been able to reproduce that chart. That's the kind of thing that kind of keeps you going. You know, when you're sleeping in a hammock and you're eating parts of chicken that you hope it's actually chicken, you'll wake up so that Julia can draw the chart and smile. You've seen where we are. This is where God continues to open doors for us. These are all of our potential locations. All we need in order to be able to move into these locations are more ministry partners. So please be praying that God will provide us some more ministry partners so that we can continue to expand uh, into different um, areas. Paul tells Archippus at the end of the book of Colossians to see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. We don't know exactly what the ministry that Archippus uh, had started, but Paul tells him to get her done, finish it, bring it to completion. And one of the things that I've become recently most proud of is not just where we are in the world, but the fact that we've left behind a footprint of completion. Our program is seven to eight years long. That's a long time. That's a pretty significant commitment of time on the part of those who come to study. It's a pretty significant commitment of time on the part of churches and individuals who say, I'll support that. I'll lean into that. And yet God has been faithful and has allowed us to complete locations um, in multiple places. Uh, and, and for me, that is just something that, if you can be proud spiritually, then I'm proud spiritually that we've been able to bring uh, to completion uh, 13 locations in Costa Rica, Panama, Nicaragua, and the United States. I forgot to mention this in the first, in the first service. I'll do this very quickly. Um, this church here in the United States, Christ Community Church in Pinehurst, North Carolina, supported one of our Bible institutes in Costa Rica. They came down, they saw what we did, and they said, wow, huh, that's pretty simple, that's pretty basic. We could do that at home. So they went home and they started a Bible institute in their county for all of the Latin American pastors and churches in their county. And they have completed the Bible, uh, a Bible institute. They, they brought it to completion themselves using people within their church to teach all the courses. So that, to me, is pretty fun when your vision becomes somebody else's vision and they stretch it out in their own community. So this is what the map looks like. We're currently in 25 places. We've got 16 opportunities, uh, and we've completed uh, 13. We do that through ministry partners, mobilizing U.S. churches, mobilizing uh, individuals who want to adopt a Bible Institute, which has become something that's happened uh, more often here. We've still, our, our, our primary model is still to mobilize churches, but God has given us individuals who have said, I'll adopt a Bible Institute and pay for it just 
out of, out of their own personal pockets. And, and God continues to bring us uh, people uh, who do that. Um, one of the opportunities that I've had recently is to be able to put into practice 2 Timothy 2.2, the things you've heard me teach and have been uh, confirmed by many reliable witnesses teach these things to other to trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So one of my primary responsibilities in the ministry is to be a mentor to, to Latin leaders. And these are not all, but these are some of our uh, Latin leaders who are now teaching and are now professors with, with EBOC, some truly <laughs> tremendous people. Michael Vargas, uh, who's on our staff, Freddie Salinas, who you guys work with. He's been a translator uh, for Fellowship uh, Bible Institutes. Uh, Freddie's trained as a uh, mechanical engineer. He's also a Bible college graduate, uh, pretty educated guy. Uh, he was a translator. Now he's a, now he's a professor. Uh, Marcelo Balcazar, from a pastor in Santa Cruz, Bolivia, phenomenally gifted leader and teacher. This is Esteban Amaya, who will probably be on our staff by the end of the year. He oversees Bible institutes in Mexico, Bolivia, and Argentina. Uh, this is Dr. Percy uh, Roca, who teaches with us in uh, Argentina. Kevin Rivera, who started out as one of our translators in Costa Rica, and now he teaches with us in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and uh, just came back from Guatemala. Uh, this is Tony Blanco, a, a Costa Rican pastor, uh, Pastor Marcos from Buenos Aires, Argentina, uh, Jaime Hidalgo, uh, one of my favorite people. Uh, he, he, just, he just came back from Puerto Cabezas as well, teaching along with uh, Freddy and Josue. And this is Manrique Salazar, who is a pastor in uh, Costa Rica. Uh, this is, uh, just before the pandemic, you guys heard about that, right? They put on this pandemic. You heard about it? Just prior to the pandemic, we had an opportunity to have our first, uh, Latino, uh, leaders retreat. So we gathered up as, as many as could come in 19 and, uh, we met in Costa Rica and had a couple of days of training, uh, with my good friend, Jim Panaggio. Uh, back there who uh, did some training for us, and uh, so it, it was fun. We haven't been able to crank this up again yet, but uh, it's our hope that we can do this kind of on a biannual basis is to bring all of our Latino staff uh, together and continue to equip them. This is one of my favorite pictures. It's actually on my phone, so I see this picture every day because it encourages me, um, and I'll tell you why it encourages me. This picture was taken in uh, Ecuador, and I really didn't realize until the picture was taken and I stepped back to take a look at it as to what was happening and what this represents. What this represents is five nations working together to reach the nations. This is Cairo Farinas, guy that you guys have invested in. He's on our staff now. He's from Nicaragua. Jaime Hidalgo from Costa Rica. A gringo. Guy from India. Another gringo and a guy from Ecuador. And, and, and it just really struck me as, as I looked at this picture, I said, oh my gosh, God has been so gracious to not only allow Ebok to reach the nations, he's allowing Ebok to reach the nations through the nations. We've got five countries there represented who are working together 
in order to reach the nations. And at that moment, I just said, God, if you took me now at this moment, I'm content that I've been able to, to be a part of what you're doing to reach the nations by mobilizing the nations. And so this has been just a, a, a tremendous blessing uh, to be a part of this. So I want to bring this to a conclusion by letting you hear from one of our students um, and let you see what EBOC has meant uh, to him.